It's Monday. Vav Shvat, Tafshin, Ayin Hey, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sounds like an old 50s doo-wop song. Yeah, well, you're right, it is. It's a, a takeoff, or a cover, if you will, of the Dell Vikings' Come and Go With Me. Never knew that until this morning. Very cool. Well, welcome one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for... Uh, Making us a part of your day, your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. We are live, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. And, of course, whenever you want to listen to us on demand via the uh, Nachum Siegel Network website, nachumsegel.com, the app, both iPhone and Android app, which is free and worth the download, even if it would be not free, download it. You get all the great Nachum Single Network programming. And it's available on by a podcast that you can subscribe to via iTunes. All those different ways. And thank you for uh, 
listening to us on all those different ways. We're, uh, we have a jam-packed show. We're going to, of course, discuss the situation um, that is the tension, the tense situation right now between the Obama administration, or let's, let's say specifically President Obama, and between Prime Minister Netanyahu. We will describe, well, we will not describe, we will discuss an article that appeared in the New York Times last Tuesday, which echoes so much of what we said last Monday. Now, I know, I know, the New York Times didn't copy it from us, but I'm happy to see that, at least in this case, we scooped the Times, and that the Times, for a change, sees things in what we would believe is a rational way. We have a brand new song, very emotional, very moving, the uh, classmates of uh, Gilad Sher and Naftali Frankel from Yeshivat Makor Chayim, two of the three boys that were kidnapped and killed this summer, their classmates, together with some of uh, leading Israeli singers, released this week a song in their memory. And we will tell you a little bit about it and debut it later in the show. All that coming up. After, we'll hear from Udi Davidi, Panas Echad Barachov. This is a favorite of one of the marathoners yesterday did a half marathon in honor of uh, Yachad. So this goes out to her. Mazal Tov, congratulations. All the best. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
תמיד מוכרח להיות ככה, בלילה חשוך, פנס אחד ברחוב, יש אחד שאומר שהחיים סתם ככה, זה לאסוף גשם של תקוות, ויש אחד שאומר... Udi Davidi with Panas Echad Barachov. The message of that song is that there's always one lamp, one light that shows you the beauty of life. No matter how many naysayers there are, no, much, no matter how much craziness there is in the world around us, there is one lamp that lights it up and shows us the way to goodness. My name is Mayor Weingart and you are tuned to The Israel Show. On the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, last week we told you about the administration, the Obama administration's plan to uh, sponsor a conference, a summit called the Summit on Countering Violent Extremism. This is as a result of the, uh, the events in Paris and after the president um, chose not to go to Paris and be together with the rest of the world leaders in a statement against violent extremism. I guess they had to do something. So they announced that in February, February 18th, they're going to have this summit, this summit on countering violent extremism. We discussed the fact that the summit is not called countering violent Islamic extremism or radical Islamic extremism or radical Islamic violence or any of that because the word Islam Muslim doesn't appear anywhere in the title we also played for you and we'll play it for you now again this clip which is a um, dialogue between Ed Henry Fox's White House correspondent and the uh, Obama administration's spokesman Josh Ernest who was a little less than earnest in this case um, in which Josh Henry asks the White House spokesperson, why is it that you're not calling it Islamic extremism or radical Islam? Take a listen. Why wouldn't you use the phrase right there that we are going to take on Islamic extremism? You said all forms of violent extremism. Whatever. Well, because she asked me what the summit would discuss, and all forms of violent, uh, violent extremism would be uh, discussed, and obviously uh, the most potent and certainly the most... Um, uh, you know, graphic display that we've seen in recent days is, uh, again, is, is motivated by those individuals that seek to invoke the name of Islam to carry out these violent attacks, and that's uh, certainly something that we want to work very hard to counter and mitigate, and we've got uh, a strategy that we've been discussing for some time to so exactly do that. In form, according to you, of extremism, why isn't it the summit on countering Islamic extremism? Uh, because violent extremism is something that we want to be focused on, and it's not just 
uh, it's not just uh, Islamic violent extremism that we want to counter. There are other forms of... Paris, Australia, Canada, isn't the thread through them that it's Islamic extremism? Mm-hmm. Well, well, certainly those all, all the examples that you cite are examples of individuals who have cited Islam as they've carry out, carry, carried out acts of, uh, of violence. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no arguing that. Can you imagine uh, uh, more double talk than that? I mean, it's hard to imagine how... <clears throat> Excuse me. The White House press secretary has to twist himself into a pretzel to uh, to answer that question. Unfortunately, by the way, most of the media doesn't even ask the question. You have Fox News that's um, in front, leading, but the rest of the media they're they're I don't know where they are. They're they're, they're supporting the Obama administration. They want to be politically correct. Anyway, shockingly, a day uh, after our program last week on Tuesday. January the 20th, in the New York Times op-ed pages. Now, I let me make this clear. I don't get the New York Times. I have not been subscribed to the New York Times in at least 20 years. Uh, they are, uh, today, it is clear to everybody, something that we knew a long time ago, that they are a biased left-wing newspaper that um, does not see the world in what we believe is... Um, is the correct way. And so I don't get it. But every once in a while, a column comes up that gets called to my attention, and this one was. I'm going to share it with you, because Thomas Friedman, who is always on the left and is always pro, almost always pro-Obama administration, does something amazing here. He finally calls them out. And Thomas Friedman says, when you don't call things by their real name, you always get in trouble. And this administration, so fearful of being accused of Islamophobia, is refusing to make any link to radical Islam from the recent, explo- the recent explosions of violence against civilians, most of them Muslims, by Boko Haram in Nigeria, by the Taliban in Pakistan, by Al-Qaeda in Paris, and by jihadists in Yemen and Iraq. We've entered the theater of the absurd. Yes, we have not entered the theater of the absurd, Mr. Friedman. One little correction. We have been in the theater of the absurd for quite a while. Thomas Friedman continues by quoting conservative columnist Rich Larry. Boy, we've reached great moments in time when um, Thomas Friedman is, is quoting a conservative columnist. He says... Um, that his, Rich Lowry's column contained quotes from White House spokesman Josh Ernest, the one that you just heard, that I, says Friedman, I could not believe. I was sure they were made up. But I checked the transcript. 100% correct. And he quotes from Larry. The administration has lapsed into unselfconscious ridiculousness. Asked why the administration won't say after the Paris attacks, we are at war with radical Islam, Ernest explained the administration's first concern is accuracy. Oh, yeah, sure. We want to describe exactly what happened. These are individuals, the people who carried out the, the, the massacres in Paris, both at, uh, at the newspaper, at the magazine, and in the Jewish supermarket, the Hyper Kosher. These are individuals who carried out an act of terrorism, and they later tried to justify that act of terrorism by invoking the religion of Islam and their own deviant view of it. That is a quote from the White House spokesperson. 
and 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 um, Thomas Friedman continues. This makes it sound as if the Charlie Hebdo terrorists went out to commit a random act of violent extremism, and only subsequently, when they realized that they needed some justification, did they reach for Islam. The day before, White House Press Secretary Josh Ernest had conceded that there are a list of recent examples of individuals who have cited Islam as they've carried out acts of violence. Cited Islam, asks Thomas Friedman in the New York Times, according to the Ernest theory, purposeless, violent extremists rummage through the scriptures of great faiths looking for some verse to cite to support their mayhem and often happen to settle on the holy text of Islam. As ridiculous as that sounds, I say, that is how ridiculous this administration is, and very few journalists are calling them out on it. President Obama knows better, says Friedman. I am all for restraint on the issue and would never hold every Muslim accountable for the act of a few. You always have to say that, by the way. In every article, you got to say, I have never hide. I don't mean all that. Yeah, we know that. Continues Friedman, but it is not good for us or the Muslim world to pretend that this spreading jihadist violence isn't coming out of their faith community. It is coming mostly, but not exclusively, from angry young men and preachers on the, ver- on the, on the fringe of the Sunni, Arab, and Pakistani communities in the Middle East. Well, I won't continue with the entire article. Uh, maybe I'll post a link to it on our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show. I must say that finally somebody is waking up. I mean, the world around us is in chaos. Yemen, the country of Yemen is now controlled by radical Islamist terrorists. Take a look at the map of the Middle East and you will see that Yemen has a very, very strategic geopolitical place. It controls that little corner of the Arabian Peninsula where boats have to pass to get to the Suez Canal. And that country is now controlled by radical Islamic fundamentalists. And our president cited Yemen not that long ago as one of the examples of how his policy is succeeding. It's amazing. He is a bumbling, I, 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 I don't want to say fool, but he has no clue what he's doing. And there's no outrage because the media just doesn't want to touch the Obama administration. They love the Democratic administration. The media, the left-wing media, both here and in Israel, by the way, wouldn't say anything against the Obama administration. Hardly anything. It's got to really be bad. The entire world is collapsing. We are heading toward horrific, horrific time. And this president and his administration are allowing Iran to get a nuclear bomb. That is a fact. And what is the big furor? It's not about the fact that the Obama administration has allowed Iran to keep postponing the deadline and postponing the deadline. 
not about the fact that they reduced the sanctions. It's not about the fact that the president threatened to veto any bill that the Congress passes to reenact the sanctions because it will hurt the the um, negotiations that are currently going on between the U.S. and Iran. Negotiations that are going nowhere. And in the meantime, Iran is laughing its way to the nuclear bomb. And imagine, if they are as destructive as they are now, imagine how destructive they will be when they have the bomb. Iran today is a linchpin of terrorism and radicalism in the Middle East and around the world, in Europe as well. Iran controls Hezbollah and Hamas. They stream money and ammunition to them. Iran now controls Yemen and parts of Syria. Between Iran and ISIS, the Middle East is going into an extremely dangerous time. And the administration is busy whitewashing the titles of their summits. It's not about Islamic terrorism. It's about violent extremism. And I don't think, by the way, that it's only because of, uh, as Friedman says, that he's afraid of being accused of Islamophobia. I believe it goes deeper. I believe that he has a soft place in his heart for Islam. He is not Islamic. Let's make that very clear. Some people think he's... He's not. He's a Christian. That's clear. But for a part of his life, when he was a kid, he spent several years in an Islamic state studying, I believe, in an Islamic school or a school at least that taught some Islam, living amongst Muslims. And he has a soft spot in his heart for Islam. And so he doesn't want to point out what's happening as a result of a part of Islam, the radical part of Islam today. But we can't afford that. We just can't afford it in the world that we live in. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Here is a, a remake of the classic Aniva Atana Shanea Ta'olam. Let's hope we can. You and I, we're going to change the world. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day.
That's from a live performance of Mickey Gavrielov. It came out in an album called Ima Adama not long ago, covering some of the classics of um, Israeli music that Mickey Gavrielov composed. That was one of them. Aniva Tanishanet Haolam goes back to the 70s when Eric Einstein recorded it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for making us part of your day. Thank you to those who have... In the past week, liked our Facebook page. We appreciate that very much. We have uh, currently 285 likes. Yes, we've hit another milestone. Thank you to Penina, to Kathy, to Shmuel, and to all those who continue to participate and to respond and to comment. Our email address is mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com. You can send me an email. I try to respond to them all, and so far we've been successful, or through our Facebook page, facebook.com, slash The Israel Show. Um, would like to ask, and I'm asking, not just like to ask, I'm going to ask, that anybody who can should keep in mind the following chole in their prayers. Name is Uri Shraga Ben Penina. Uri Shraga Ben Penina. That's a little unusual for us to do that here. Nachum usually does that live on the radio. Um, But this uh, person... Uh, Uri Orbach is his name. Those of you who are familiar with Israeli politics might know his name. He is the Minister for Senior Citizens in the State of Israel. He was a journalist for many years, an excellent journalist, one of the few right-wing journalists that we have. He was one of the first of a what is now a growing trend of uh, religious Zionist that went into journalism. He then went into politics and joined the Maftal. And he is the one that brought Naftali Bennett into the Mizrahi, what was known as the Mizrahi, the Maftal, now the Bayit HaYehudi. He's a wonderful person, just so soft-spoken, so generous and and uh, the, everything about him is just really wonderful. And sadly... It was announced that he um, is sick with some hematological disease. So we greatly appreciate you keeping him in mind during your tefillot. Uri Shraga Ben Penina. Uri Shraga Ben Penina. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Heard also on Arutsheva English Radio. We say thanks and welcome to all who listen. Here is... Um, Idan 
Emadi and his brothers with um, a Sephardic version of Yeri Bon Olam. My name is Mayor Wang, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Melech Mal 
Idanamedi and uh, and his brothers singing Yari Bonalam. I have a feeling they grew up in a house where they heard that a lot. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, a wonderful organization that provides potential olim with a lot of resources to help them get their aliyah exactly the way they want it to be. They provide needs-based financial assistance. They help you with uh, employment resources. They help you get through the government bureaucracy. They've cut down on a lot of the government bureaucracy, and they also give community-based guidance and support. They're they're just amazing. They really are. They they've taken on a role that for many years the Jewish Agency was uh, was supposed to be doing, and they were doing it, but not nearly as well. Because government can never do things, <clears throat> excuse me, government can never do things as well as uh, individuals that are not part of government. I believe that. And Nefesh Benefesh is a great proof of that. Um, Nefesh Benefesh's website is where you should go for information. NBN, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Take a look. Even if you're not planning to make Aliyah tomorrow, take a look. Trust me. It's something that you want to see. Um, the Israel Show is proud, proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. <laughs> I love that one. From Anan al Makel, Dibure Pashtida. Things that you say when you're at a cafe eating um, a quiche, if you will. Mayor Weingarten, I was about to say in for Nachum Siegel. Oh, this always happens, and it happens the other way as well. I'm Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. As promised, we're going to debut a song that, for me, and I'm sure for all of you, has tremendous significance. When uh, Naftali, Gilad, and Ayal were kidnapped this summer, during the 18 days that 
We were all searching for them and praying for them. And then the tragic discovery that they were murdered. Murdered by members of Hamas from Hebron. We were, we were so united. We were like, we were like one big family. There's no question. The ones that were affected most obviously were the immediate family. And after that, their fellow students at a very special high school called Yeshivat Makor Chayim, which is in Alon Shvod and Gush Etzion, not far from the famous Gush Yeshiva of uh, Rav Amital Zatzal and Rav Lichtenstein, not far from the city of Efrat. Well, now it's six months later, and um, the students, the, the, the classmates of um, Gil Ada Naftali, Eyal was someone who they met at the hitchhiking, um, at the bus stop, the hitchhiking place. But Gilad and Naftali were classmates in this yeshiva, and their fellow students decided that they wanted to do something in their memory, especially to write a song or have a song recorded. This yeshiva, Makor Chayim, is very into music being a part of their Judaism. They sing together a lot. And so this was they felt would be the most appropriate, one of the most appropriate ways to do something which also gives them their, their, their the students their their um their classmates a feeling of um doing something not just standing around and um they reached out to some of Israel's leading musicians singers composers and um released this song a few days ago it's called Ptach Libcha. It's a tefillah to Hashem. Ptach Libcha berachamim al banecha. Kolam lidoroti shama. Bashamayim nitzavim laad devarecha uvaaretz hamtzei lanu nechama. Eicha hayu hashlosha leechad. And um, here we begin to see that in the words of the song, They've woven the names Naftali, Gilad, and Ayal. So when it says, Eicha hayu hashlosha le'echad, Oh, Eicha, woe is to us how the three have become one. V'tzivu lanu et ha'chayim, they've charged us to continue living. Alu letumam ke'eyal ne'ekad. They went up to Shemayim like an Eyal, a ram, like an Akeid of the Akeda al Mizbeach Habanim, Shemayim Bachu Me'al Legilad, Vehaaretz Ra'asham Itoch Naftulei Halev Shera'ad. So there you have Gilad and Naftali, Naftulei Halev. Chichu Betuna Hashlosha. Just released, we are uh, going to post the link to the song, the, face, the uh, YouTube link, we'll post that on our Facebook and We'll also post a link, very emotional, um, to a uh, YouTube video in which you see the parents hearing the song for the very first time. They were invited by the students to come down to the studio and hear the song. 
and you can imagine the uh, the emotional um, reaction that they have. Uh, lyrics by David Daor, composed by David Daor and Ilan um, Kaman. Is that it, Ilan? Uh, I, I believe so. Uh, the the Ilan Kaman. I'm sorry. The song is actually sung by the students of Yeshivat Mekor Chayim and the following Israeli um, uh, singers, very popular, who have joined Kobe Aflalo, David Broza, Ishai Ribo, Yonatan Razel, Avram Fried, and David Daor. So uh, we are debuting it here. Ptach Libcha. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Students of Yeshivat Mukor Chayim, the classmates of Gilad and Naftali, joining some of the names of Israeli music: Kobi Aflalo, David Rosa, David Daor, Yishai Ribo, Yonatan Razel, Avram Fried, in a song in memory of their classmates and of Eyal Yifrach. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you for making us a part of your day here, the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, so what is going on with this whole Netanyahu, Obama, Boehner, Congress speech elections thing? <laughs> oh, the politics of it and the cynicism of it all is just amazing. So, the President of the United States in his uh, State of the Union address last week basically said to Congress, that is now controlled by the Republicans, both the House and the Senate, that if they vote in a law to uh, restart sanctions against Iran, sanctions that were loosened by the Obama administration previously, in order to allow, so to speak, Iran to negotiate with the United States. Why did they start negotiating with the United States? Because the sanctions were crippling them. And instead of continuing and keeping on the pressure, the Obama administration said, okay, we'll talk and we'll relax the sanctions, which is exactly what the Iranians wanted. And the Iranians are masters at this. They're playing the United States like a fine-tuned fiddle. It's, it's just unbelievable. They can negotiate us under the table. Unfortunately, the Obama administration and Secretary of State John Kerry, they are so naive. Or they don't care. I can't imagine that they don't care. I have to hope that they're just so naive. They really think that they're accomplishing something with these negotiations because everybody who knows anything about anything knows that these negotiations are basically leading to the result of Iran either having a nuclear weapon or being just one click away from having a nuclear weapon. So the president said that if Congress passes uh, sanctions again in order to pressure Iran to, to finish the negotiations, he will veto it. And once he vetoes it, it would be very hard to overrule his veto. You would need six, a, a vote of 62 in the Senate. 
And so, Speaker of the House, Boehner, John Boehner, invited Prime Minister Netanyahu to come and speak at a special session of, a joint session of Congress, the House and the Senate together, just like you have in the um, State of the Union, and explain to the legislators and to the American people why it is crucial, it is critical to renew sanctions, to put the pressure on Iran in order to avoid a situation where they will have a bomb. Wow! What a controversial move! Because, it seems, the uh, Obama administration, the White House, didn't know about it, and they were insulted. Ba-pom. Not the first time that they've been insulted, and they thought it was a breach of protocol. Oh, masters of breaches of protocol this administration is, but they're so concerned that it's, I mean, the cynicism here is just amazing. Now, from Netanyahu's perspective, I'm sure he was behind the scenes part of this, part of making this happen. He wants to have this very, very highly visible uh, opportunity to speak just two weeks before the elections in Israel. Yes, that will help if if he is as successful as he usually is in his speeches, and especially in his speeches before Congress. He is very successful. The people of Israel will see in him the leader, the world leader that he wants them to see. And the focus will continue to be on the thing that he has set as his goal, making sure that Iran doesn't get a nuclear bomb. So he wants this in this timing to happen. Now, of course, those opposed to Netanyahu in Israel, anyone who's not in the Likud party, from the Labour Party and Yeshatid and Meretz and everybody, are all, and the left-wing media, of course, are all pressuring Netanyahu not to go. It's going to be terrible if you go. You're going to ruin the whole relationship between Israel and, and the United States because Barack Obama, he still has another year and a half to go in administration and you've, you've alien, oh, come on, you've alienated him. Oh, what is this, like little children? Give me a break. Yes, he's not going to be happy. Oh, so sorry. In fact, in Israel, they're trying to get the court to rule that the speech shouldn't be broadcast on Israeli television because they have an insane law there <clears throat> that uh, I think it's two or three months before the elections. The uh, media is not allowed to carry any election propaganda, if you will, and they want this to be considered election propaganda. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great big news story, but they want the court somehow to say that this is uh, election propaganda. That's where we stand now. Everybody's entrenched in their uh, particular spot. Obama says it's a terrible thing that he's coming, and he won't meet with Netanyahu on the excuse that it's meddling in Israeli politics. Yeah, like they've never meddled in Israeli politics before. Give me a break. Not meeting with him is also meddling in Israeli politics, by the way. Netanyahu says he wants to come. John Boehner says, too bad on the president. We're the majority. We're inviting him. I have the right to do that the left-wing media in Israel, and here in America, and even Fox News. Chris Wallace came out against Netanyahu's coming. And the right-wing media 
is supporting him. That's where we are, and of course, we'll continue to update you. We're going to end this show with, um, let's see, <clears throat> we'll end it with, we were going to end it with something else, but we ran out of time, so we're going to end it with a song called Agadat HaLamid Hay, the story of the Lamid Hay. Yesterday was the yard site of um, the 35 boys who uh, tried to bring supplies and aid to a uh, fire zone that was under siege in 1947. And um, they walked through the night. They were discovered just as dawn was breaking by people in an Arab village, and they were all murdered. Nothing much changes. Heishvat is their yard site. This song is by the Parvarim, and we'll end with it. Not before we say thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments and your participation in our Facebook page and your likes and so forth. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And Mark Zamek, who was very helpful today as well. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. Whoa, and I should add, I should add, that later this morning, uh, if you're listening live, so in about half hour, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I will uh, be on uh, the Mike Gallagher radio show, which you can hear in the New York area at 9.70 a.m. or uh, online at um, www.mikeonline.com. I'll also try and post a link to that interview um, on our Facebook page later on in the day. We'll be discussing the whole situation that we just discussed now. Uh, until next Monday, immediately following Jamie and the AIM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.